Sarah Souter with us. David is president at a company called Consolidated Building Systems, which is a project management firm. He'll explain more about that. And Sarah Souter is vice president there at CBSI. And yes, they're married, and they have three wonderful boys, age 15, 12, and 11. And so I thought it would be neat to call this podcast Servant Leadership it's all in the family because these two have really made servant leadership a part of their lives and it's just a joy to talk to both of you so it's great to see you in the studio again thanks it's great to be back yeah thank you yeah so to get us started um, would you tell the audience a little bit about yourselves sure well, I think you did a good start but <laughs> <laughs> uh, we've been married a little over seven years now and both of us had really strong professional careers when we got married. David was uh, running a business with his father and, and I was uh, about 10 years into working at a community college district. And so we were leading these leadership lives and, and raising our children and, and really came to, to hit a, a, a stopping point about five years ago where we wanted to be different in our leadership. And servant leadership mm -hmm. became something that both of us really grasped a hold of and it helped to really define who we were as we were serving in our church and leading our family and leading our organizations. It really helped to pull who we were really becoming and who we wanted to be to the surface and um, gave us a real drive for our marriage and eventually joining careers together. Oh, that's so great. David, tell us a little bit about CBSI. Uh, CBSI, we've been in business for uh, going on 31 years this year and it's a project and construction management relocation planning company that my father started back in 1986 and I joined him in uh, 1998 and uh, we've been partners since 2004 and so we work with a lot of clients here in San Diego and uh, we are basically staff extension to them as they're managing their large capital projects mm -hmm. or uh, we work with a lot of the community colleges and uh, universities here in San Diego, helping them move into their new buildings once the buildings are built. Great. That's a, a great explanation. And it seems um, the perfect situation for you guys to be able to exercise your servant leadership as you deal with your customers, mm -hmm. your clients. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, um, we are a, a customer or a, a client-focused business mm -hmm. and it's very important for us that um, we have these relationships with our clients and you know some of the relationships with clients go back almost 20 years because we continually serve and they trust us and mm -hmm. it's a huge part of our culture and it's what we teach our staff that you know customer does come first um, but it's not just that it's the relationships you have with the customers with the project managers or uh, whoever you're working with to get to know them personally it's not doesn't always have to be just about business, but get to know people personally, and that's really where you start making connections. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, the, the service that you provide, I mean, where people work every day, yeah. 40 hours plus a week, is very important to mm-hmm. them. I mean, it is like an extension of home sometimes, you know, even though it hopefully doesn't look like that. But, um, <laughs> but so, you know, that's really key, I think, those relationships that you talk about. They really are. And, you know, I, I have met so many that are now good friends yeah. that were a client or still are a client and it's just it's about getting to know people um, one-on-one and uh, having relationships yeah so the last time I talked to you too David was working for CBSI in a vice president's position and Sarah you were working for the community college district and so that has changed can you (laughs) (laughs) can you tell our audience a little bit about that and tell that story We've been on a journey this past year, and I think that God really had a calling for our lives way early into our marriage mm-hmm. that we would eventually work together. And, and going through the servant leadership trainings and, and defining who we were as leaders, we left the conference last year with a really strong desire after pulling our two teams together and spending two days together of how fun that was to really bring our two organizations in and what would that look like if we did that together in one organization and it Mm. really started these conversations of can we make this happen what does this look like for us as a family and and so we've spent about six months just really pondering the idea and and for me I had spent 15 years in this organization and and five years really building a team uh, at the foundation and, and I really couldn't leave my team. It was more about the relationships that I built there, and I really was struggling with that. And we finally made that decision that that this was our calling. We were meant to do this. We needed to come together and build CBSI up to be a legacy for our children. And so I spent six months knowing I was leaving, not necessarily saying it out loud to my team, but intentionally serving them in a very strong way to ensure that they were equipped Mm -hmm. to lead on their own that I was not a stopping point in anything that they were doing and it just became very natural to them to grow they were growing at a faster rate than they ever had personally and they didn't realize that I was pouring into them because servant leadership was something we had established and 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 part of their personal growth was always to be empowered and so By the time I finally shared with them that I was making this transition and David and I were going to join teams together, they they were surprised by the finality of it, but they had seen it. And so they were like, that's why you've been doing what you're doing. And and for me and, and for David, we had lots of conversations about serving all the way through. And I think when we think about leaving an organization as a leader, it's really easy to just turn off and spend those last three or four weeks kind of wrapping things up personally. And and I really wanted to spend those last three or four weeks pouring into them, sharing knowledge, encouraging them, motivating them. And, and on one of my last days, one of my staff said, so I signed up for the servant leadership emails because I, I need to make sure that I can keep going. And, and oh. I thought, what a great legacy that, that we've created a culture that's about relationship building, empowering others, trusting one another, and, and, and living your values. And that's really what we did there. We brought mm-hmm. integrity and ethics into the workplace. And so it's been an interesting 
shift for me as a leader because I've gone from 150 employees to 10, uh-huh. and 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 that's including us. And yeah. so it's 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 really been a mind shift because when you have a big organization, you can really just pour into your core team easily. Mm-hmm. You built relationships and and. And when there's issues, you have that poor structure. and Not everyone knows what's going on if, if you're dealing with something in a small team. There's nowhere to hide. It's <laughs> transparent, you know? And I think as much as we thought we were prepared and that the team was prepared, we ran into a lot of, uh, of challenges pretty quickly that we'll let David talk about. Yeah, so, you know, like Sarah said, after the conference, we God had put this on our heart that... Uh, the experience of bringing our team members together at the conference and watching them interact and then having that calling that, hey, you know, we are going to be working together. And the obvious choice was her coming to CBSI. You know, it's a family-owned business, and um, what a great fit. I already knew um, uh, the strength that she would bring to the team. And, and, of course, there are a lot of my weaknesses, which is why this works so good between us in marriage and in business Mm -hmm. um, and in our family. But... You know, one of the things that I had to do was cast a vision to the company and not just say, hey, guess what, you know, Sarah's coming on board, because uh, we knew that would never work. Right. And we knew this was going to be a transition period. Um, we didn't know when it was going to happen, um, but we started those conversations. So about uh, uh, May last year, I started putting together a five-year plan, five-year vision for CBSI, and uh, something that Sarah helped me with. And so in about June is when I sat the team down in one of our weekly meetings and talked about, hey, this is the vision, this is where I want the company to go. And, you know, there were goals as far as uh, clientele that we wanted to go after and and goals as far as um, trainings that we wanted to do. And about the fifth one down there, because I didn't want to put it at the top of the list to have the shock, was (laughs) Sarah joining the company. And I I wasn't sure how people were going to react to that. You know, everyone knows her well at this point. And... um, Everyone, you know, nodding their head, okay, okay, I I understand that, that makes sense. And so we just kind of built off of that, and we talked about it over, um, you know, the next couple months, and until October when Sarah, you know, um, finally gave her notice at the district, and uh, with the intent that she would start at CBSI November 1st. And again, working, talking about it with the staff, what this was going to look like, um, what this was going to do. And again, shifting um, uh, positions, we, uh, um, my father is now the CEO of the business, mm-hmm. and his role has been uh, more of mentoring the staff instead of um, on the projects on a daily basis, and also um, now working on marketing. He, he is so well-known in the industry. He's been around in San Diego, and so many people know his name mm-hmm. um, that he was hesitant at first to get back out there, but now that he has, it, he's he's having fun with it. So um, the first thing was to move him to CEO. I went from uh, senior vice president to president and opening up the role for uh, vice president for Sarah to join. And so that happened November 1st. And, you know, it was real interesting because in my mind, it was all going to work out great. There, there wasn't going to be <laughs> any issues. You know, we, we'd been talking about it with the staff, you know, at the um, the family meetings that we have, you know, we took everybody to the baseball game, and everyone knows Sarah, and, you know, it, it right. seemed like it, it would be an easy fit, but, um, you know, there was a little resistance. There, there was a, a resistance to change, and for me, I'm excited because I know the change that she can bring to the table, right. which was integrating the team even closer together, which isn't one of my strengths, and I know she could do it, but initially, you know, 
And it's funny because one of the things we do as a business is we move people. We we manage the movement of people into new buildings and, you know, for colleges where faculty have been in the same office for 30 years, the thought of moving somewhere else <laughs> is terrifying and they don't want yeah. to do it. And But we, we know how to work through that. Well, I'm thinking, okay, this is what we do on a business. My, my team's going to be fine. They're used to this stuff until it's them. <laughs> <laughs> so the, there was some resistance on how is this all going to work and where does she fit in and, you know, who reports to who now. And, you know, we just had to go through all that. And, and honestly, it, it only took about a month or so. Um, and like we, I had mentioned before we started this, that uh, the end of the year was very busy for us. And every, it was all hands on deck. We were out doing projects at colleges, um, um, getting projects finished before the end of the year. And, you know, we all came back uh, in January, and it was a little bit different of a mood. And it was, okay, projects are done. People have time to breathe. Um, the, the stress is gone. It's time to take the next step and start bringing the team together. So people came back a little more relaxed. And um, I'll let Sarah talk about it, too, of what she's done um, to bring a team together because she has done some incredible things over these last couple of weeks that have really changed the culture even more and, and brought mm. the team together. Mm. Fascinating. Yeah, it's, it's, I think as I was reflecting at the end of the year, how do I get back to the basics of servant leadership? And it got to, I need to build relationships with them on a more real, authentic level. I need to pay attention to what they're interested in, what they're talking about, what they're doing, and really serve first and get back to the basics of servant leadership. And so our team loves coffee. It's what they talk about all the time. <laughs> and so I just started building on that and paying attention to them and asking them about their, the space and the environment, what do they like, what do they not like, and in a real casual way as I was doing it with another client and getting feedback from them. So. I came in, and I think it was a Thursday, and presented to the staff that I wanted to completely change the office and get rid of the conference room, move, flip a couple of spaces, move people into what was a conference room, and we took the open lobby, we made it what we call the coffee bar, and we brought a beautiful dining room table. As a team, we put wood planking on the wall, and we built shelves and, and brought in all the coffee things, and now we have more of this gathering around the table feel. And, and CBSI has a value that's family first. And so really pouring off of that value of, if we're really a family, let's create a space that feels like we can have an honest conversation with a cup of coffee around a table. And it has changed the culture instantly. And just changing the environment to change the culture, to change the conversation was the goal. And so real proud of how we, we navigated this because there were a lot of walls up, people were really hesitant. They knew me as the wife, but they didn't know me as a leader. They don't know me professionally. Mm -hmm. You know, we ran mm -hmm. really different careers. And so it was hard for me to make that adjustment of 15 years of building a career and, and trust and, and respect with people and starting over again. So it's funny how it came down to a cup of coffee. Yeah. Well, I have to tell you that um, I got the newsletter and I saw the photograph of that and I thought to myself, this is so cool. Yeah. And it occurred to me that you were doing servant leadership, that you were really doing it. And um, I don't know, it just really, it felt, it made me feel really good to see that. And it's a beautiful room, by the way. Thank you. Um, 
So audience, get yourself a coffee bar. It's <laughs> the way to go. And what she didn't mention was when we built the plank wall, it's mm -hmm. like a barn wood plank yeah. wall. That was actually the staff. It was everyone in on a Friday, and we took everything down, took the signage down, moved the furniture out of the way, and it was actually um, the ladies that had the, the saw and had the nail gun and put that whole thing together. It was so much fun to watch, and the men were moving the furniture and, and doing some other things around, but they're like, we have this. We want to do this, and it was part of the empowerment of servant leadership. Okay, you, you want to do this? Absolutely. Go for it, and they had such a great time that day just watching that whole thing come together, and it's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. So the lesson here really is you know, not everybody out there is able to do a coffee bar or, you know, maybe you work for a big corporation and that just isn't possible. But think about what you can do in small ways to build those relationships. Because that's really, I think, the message YouTube are bringing Absolutely. is, you know, you can do it. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't, you know, for us, we're a really small organization and, and that was a decent investment. But for the long term, it was a small, small cost to, mm -hmm. to, to do what we needed to do to change our culture. Yeah. So along those lines, really, um, what advice would you give someone who wants to start a certain leadership journey? I'd say equip yourself. You know, that's really the biggest piece of servant leadership. You need to equip yourself as a leader before you can equip others. And that's what we love about the start of our journey. It was getting into the books that Art had written on servant leadership, Ken Blanchard and John Maxwell, and, mm -hmm. and going to the first conference that we went <laughs> to back in 2014, I think. And, and that's where we just really started to define who we wanted to be. And so I think as, as someone starting this journey, you gotta dive in. You have to invest in yourself so that you can start to invest in others. And, and people are gonna start to see the difference. And, and maybe just pick one value that you really want to start with and, and maybe it's building trust and building relationships and go talk to people have authentic conversations and get to know them um, get a cup of coffee yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah I, I agree on the equipping first and the, you know with this day and age with technology it's so easy to have it at your fingertips you know before and I've read so many books over the last few years and um, one of the things that I started just in this last six months was using audible.com, mm. which they read the book to you, yeah. which is great. <laughs> yeah. A lot of times it's the author, which makes it even better because yeah. um, it's more authentic. Um, but just driving you know, between clients or to work or whatever and listening to the books, um, if you don't have time to read it and just understanding it, and, and it's great with um, the app because it's got a little car feature that if, you, if there's something that really um, uh, triggers you, you can hit a button and it'll catch that clip so you can oh, go back cool. and, and get it so um, yeah just there's so many options out there between podcasts like oh, this okay. going to conferences um, uh, reading books listening to books whatever it is but just really spend the time to equip yourself and you're going to find some books you know you're not going to get something out of and some you don't want to put down because you just connect with it so well and you got to understand that those things that you connect with that well dive into that because there's a very good chance that is your passion mm. and you can follow that and just build off of that and so whatever it may be whatever piece of servant leadership it is dig into that piece and, and explore that first and the other parts will come 
but uh, you know, work work out w with what your strengths are. Yeah, you know, and along those lines, guys, I would think you know, as you're equipping yourself, start thinking, start noticing what's going on in your workplace. Mm -hmm. Start noticing how people are speaking to you, how you're speaking to them. That process of starting to change your mindset, I think, will really help as you're doing that whole equipping process. It's like open your eyes yeah. and really be aware of what's going on around you. Yeah. You know, that's one of the things that she's brought to the table where, you know, I, I can get to my computer and get my head down and just <laughs> be working for sure. a long time, but she knows to get up and to go engage. And, you know, she created a space for it, but going to the staff and Hey, how was your weekend? How was this? How was that? And, you know, I have to change my mindset, and I am, slowly but surely, but um, the fact that she's able to do that, and that's changing our culture, and it's changing me to follow that, too, mm -hmm. to engage mm -hmm. with the employees. And, again, with the servant leadership, flip, you know, the, the pyramid upside down and asking those questions, what can I do to serve you? What are you start struggling with on your projects? Um, what tools do you need? Is there a software? Is you know, what is it? What what is it that we can do to help you do your job better? And people really take that and and run with that and uh, maybe hesitant at first because they're not used to that. And at this point, our staff are. But the fact that they will tell you, they will tell us, hey, it would really be helpful if we had this. Mm -hmm. And you know, being able to give that to them and then watch them go. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So. Now I'm going to ask you a quiz. I'm going to quiz you. <laughs> what three things can you do to create a high-performing team? I think, again, the first one is communicate. You know, you do have to listen, but communicate with your team, uh, whether it be setting expectations or understanding who they are, what their struggles are, and certainly understanding what their strengths are and helping them do more things that work towards their strengths. I mean, and Sarah can speak into this a little bit better than I can, but again, being able to figure out what people are really good at and what their passion is, mm -hmm. and then figuring out ways to do the same business, but do it through the way, through their passion, mm -hmm. and she is just fantastic at that. I think that's been one of the keys uh, that I learned at the district, having so many staff, and how do you... How do you really engage with them? How do you really start to understand their passion and, and what they're interested in? And so I think the three that were big for me when I thought about this question was really investing time in your team. Mm -hmm. That one-on-one -on -one time is so valuable and you, you can't leave them if you can't invest time with them and build a relationship with them. They're not gonna be, they're not gonna trust you at all when you start to need to do big change or big things. Mm -hmm. and, and learn what their talents are. You know, it's one of the things that I do early on when I have a new staff member or what I was doing when I came into CBSI is what are you what are you interested in personally where do you want to go professionally are there any conferences you're interested in and when we said servant leadership is coming again who wants to go and the fact that everybody said yes we thought well we've done something here and that was a proud moment for yeah. us to say they're seeing something in us and they want to learn more about right. it and, and and that's just because we're just living out this these values that we have and and then you know most important is building that trust you know you can lose trust so fast with somebody if you just talk to them and your actions don't align so really mm -hmm. making sure that 
you are who you say you are and that your actions are following that because they're watching you all the time. And we say this to our kids too as they're going through their own life struggles, that people are always watching you and, and what kind of character are you showing? Uh, you might be saying something to them, but then your actions are doing something different and they're not gonna respect you. So, you know, that consistency is really important as a leader. Yeah, definitely. And, and it's one of the things that we teach actually is that you know, you are being watched all the time. All the time. And um, hopefully, you know, you are walking your talk, mm -hmm. being authentic. So you, we've mentioned a couple of times our annual conference, which for those folks who don't know, um, for the last eight years, the Servant Leadership Institute presents an annual conference um, here in San Diego. And it's where we bring together thought leaders and other servant leaders to talk servant leadership, to teach servant leadership, um, and this year will be no exception. But you guys came in 2014, as mm -hmm. you say, and have attended since then yeah. each year. So how do you think you were influenced by the conference? Last year's conference was so unique with the rhythm of the organization, and, and we, I think, combined brought about 10 people between both of our organizations. Mm. So we had a full mm -hmm. table and they had no idea what to expect. And so when the, <laughs> you know, the, the orchestra starts, we were like, I don't know what the, what's going on, but this is amazing. And so I think it really inspired me and the, and the group that we brought at Art's message of as leaders, you're setting the rhythm of your organization. And to the point that we asked him to come back out, he came to our staff retreat, mm. and we had 50 of us, and he, we had him present again, just how you, you all have a different beat, and what does that look like when you start to work together, and how do you create a harmony for your organization? And so I, I love that you can take topics that can sometimes be difficult to teach and get people moving and engaged. And it was really just a fun dynamic. And people never stopped talking about it. The ones who went, when they heard he was coming out for our staff retreat, just started just praising the conference. And, and we had a lot of fun. So I think that's the thing. It's You never know what you guys are going to put out there. And so as an attendee, you're getting the whole gamut from someone in college who's shown success all the way through someone getting ready to retire and in the words of wisdom and, and I think that's what's fun about it for us. Mm. Yeah and for me um, you know I took a lot of notes but there were a couple key notes that things that really stuck to me and that was uh, Vicki uh, Floyd Clark saying servant leaders servant leaders speak up for those who can't and it's all you know it's the courage and we have been put in so many situations, whether it be through the business or through church leadership, where we hear the voice of the people and we have the leadership as an audience. And that we are able, to, we've been put in those positions to be able to speak out when people mm. can. And to really teach that to our staff, teach that to our kids, that if there's, if there's something you're nervous to say or you don't want to talk about, you're afraid to, have the courage. Speak out and, and speak for others. You know, talk about school and it's about bullying bullying and you know be the kid that stands up to the bully um, if he's you know bullying another friend or, or whatever that case may be but it's having that courage to to stand up and it's just we've seen ourselves been put in that position in so many different instances and you know for me client or 
church or friends or wherever, whatever it is, you know, I, if there's something I don't like, I'm going to say something. If it's something that um, has to do with integrity, I'm going to hold my line. I, I, I don't really care who you are. You know, it's just, mm-hmm. it's just the way I am. I'm not going to cross that line, and I'm not going to allow my, my staff to cross that line if they're being asked to, which I'm not saying that that has happened, but um, I have enough strength in myself and in God that I know where that line is and, and where we're going to cross or not, and that's what we teach our boys too. Mm-hmm. And, and then the other thing that she had said is that um, it's up to servant leaders to make everyone else realize that they're leaders too. And it's not a position. It doesn't matter where you are. It's the lead where you are. And again, the integrity, um, the hard work, whatever it is, you might not have a a boss that is a servant leader that could be the exact opposite, but you have peers, you have people that you work with that work for you possibly, and you can set the example to them. So it doesn't matter your place in the organization you can be a leader wherever you are. And the same thing for kids in school on a, on a baseball team. I tell my son, be, be the first one to go in and lead the exercises or, or, or be the first one to uh, tell everybody to calm down in the dugout. You know, show those leadership abilities. And, he, you know, not a team captain, but he can speak up and, and it's just lead where you are. Yeah, he has that influence. He has an influence. The ability Absolutely. to influence, yeah. for sure. So what makes a good leader? I think the biggest key for me is that alignment, that when you align your personal and your professional values together, you really can start to soar Mm. as a leader. And and for for me, and I know David has his his core values, you know, right on his heart as well, of I just want to positively impact the people around me. And and that led us into even our why statement for the organization over the past couple weeks. Um, And and that's a part of our why, to positively impact our community. And so when I can align those two aspects of my life, it allows me to know who I am as a person and who I want to become as a leader and to stay on track. And, and when I'm starting to get off track, you know, to go back to those core values mm-hmm. and, and of the organization, of my personal life, and, and it gives you joy when you can align it together. Yeah, and I think that the core values is a huge part, and I think, and I know Art talks about this as part of the um, nine principles, but if you don't have your own personal core values, create them. It's not difficult. Um, Mine are faithful husband, good father, trusted friend, generous giver, and servant leader. And you know, I just remind myself of those things, that these, these these are the values I've set for myself. And these are the things that I have to remind myself sometimes to do, but to be able to share that. And you ask someone, you ask a group of, you know, 20 people in a room how many people have core values written down that they remember, you're not going to get many, but do it. It's not difficult. You're going to have to write them down and, you know, put them on your phone or whatever to remember them, Mm -hmm. but they will stick. They will stick. And same thing with your team, Um, whether it be your business or the team you're working with or your baseball team sit together and come up with some core values and talk about the things that are important to you, the things that you're passionate about, and build off of those. I mean, what better way for a team to come together but by spending time and building those core values together so everyone is all in. Yeah, that's great. That's great. So 
I'd like you guys to think for a minute back to back in your lives. And when do you think you became aware that you were a leader? And why did you decide to go ahead and be a leader? I love this question. It is. It's a good question. I remember you asked it last time of us. And, and I think it, I know for me, as growing up, leadership was kind of a role that I was always thrown into and that <laughs> came naturally to me. Yeah. And as I started my professional career, I really was the hub. I was the environment that people would land in when they just wanted to talk something through or had, were going through a difficult time and, and it became that relationship building. And, and so once I started pulling together that I liked to serve people and that I was kind of this natural leader and growing in my career, understanding servant leadership was putting those two together and giving it a title but not necessarily something I needed but something to help define it I think that's what really made me realize who I was and who I wanted to continue to grow into and so many of the great um, podcasts that have influenced us with the Andy Stanley and Craig Rochelle and and through the Servant Leadership Institute have helped us to really define the leadership style but for me, leadership is one of my strengths. It's one of my characteristics mm -hmm. that I really gravitate to. And serving others is just something that we're passionate about. So pulling those together just makes my career so much more fun because I can really align my values. Yeah. And for me, and something just popped in my head, I hadn't thought about this in a long time. I remember as a teenager being over at a friend's house with, I think, three or four friends, and we were helping our friend's father paint the living room. And I remember at the end of the day, the other three guys had, they were done. They, they weren't doing anymore. And I was sitting there still painting. And uh, my friend, Christopher's father said, you know, you, you're, you show some real leadership skills. You're going to be something someday. And I've thought about that over the years, but it's been a while and that just popped back in. And, and so it's real interesting how that plays out because I'm like, sure, whatever. I'm, you know, 15 years old. <laughs> Sounds great. Yeah. But, you know, even into my 20s, um, when, you know, by mid-20s, -20, mid I was a facility manager, and I was traveling all around the United States for a company that we worked for. We were moving offices, we were opening offices, closing offices, and I was the youngest guy there. I had long hair halfway down my back and, you know, didn't look like a leader, but I was the team leader, mm -hmm. and I had the skills. I wasn't showing it, and um, it, you know, visually, um, physically, but... Uh, I've always seemed to make my way to the top to um, just be able to lead a team. And we did great things. I mean, we traveled like crazy just, you know, doing incredible things um, with a great team that trusted each other. And and so, it, you know, from that I moved to CBSI as a project manager uh, back in 1998 and, you know, built it up from there. And uh, just whether it be CBSI or uh, being a baseball coach or being a ministry leader, it just seems to make my way. And I, there are many times where I want to come in and and just be a helper and not be a leader. Yeah. And um, I just seem to find my way to the top because I'm willing to say something and say, "Hey, you know, maybe we do it like this." And you know, right now I'm also the president of the local chapter of the Sandy, uh, the Facility Management Association. Mm -hmm. um, and again, wasn't something I necessarily sought out, um, but it was something that uh, I was called to do, and I'm in the middle of that right now. And so, 
you know, it just it started at a young age, and it just kind of built that way. And I love it. I, if I can influence people in the right way, if if God has called me to be a leader, I better influence people in the right way. And you know, that's kind of how I feel about it. I have a, a true responsibility, just like a father has a true responsibility to his kids. I feel that way about marriage, the business. That if I'm going to be put at the top, then I, I better be a good influence and people that are following behind me better see something good because again, everyone's always watching. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, servant leadership is certainly all in your family and I want to thank the two of you for being here with us today. It was really, really special and we just wish you all the best and I know you're going to do great things together at the company and we'll see you at the conference. Thank you very much for the time. We really appreciate this. We hope you enjoyed this episode. A quick reminder, our 2018 conference is set to be one of the most exciting to date. Shift into Drive, Navigating Servant Leadership is a theme that promises to deliver a custom roadmap for you to integrate servant leadership into your work. Log on to our website at www.servantleadershipinstitute.com to register. Also, we are excited to announce that our SLI publication, Farmer Able, written by our founder, Art Barter, is now available on audiobook. You can find it on iTunes and Amazon with links on our website. For all of us at SLI, thank you once again for allowing us to add value to your day.